Hello and welcome to this week's episode of FNI Rap Chat. How are you all doing? How are you doing, Paul? Uh, I'm good. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I have a bit of a hangover today. That's all right. Uh, did you have a good night? I did. I, you know, yeah, I did. And mm. I don't go out very often or late anymore. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those kind of chilled out hangovers. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I'm not in bad form. And yeah. yeah. I don't have like massive fear. Yeah. Apart from, you know, the usual fear of rejection. And, and what, what are you doing with your life? And Yeah, uh, existential crisis. Or anything. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm in good form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we had a really good guest today. So, JJ Rolf, uh, fantastic DOP. Mm. Uh, really nice guy. We had a brilliant chat. Um, just really down to earth and really, like, just good, solid advice and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, we wanted to try and get it out while old, c- old school is in the cinema and he was the DOP and uh, gives some really nice insight on how they did what they did and how they captured Dublin and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we usually leave like a little bit of a, a two week space, but we're going to put two out this week and you're, we'll you're take a little Yeah, you're, you're in for a treat. It's uh, two for the price of one. Everything must go in FNI <laughs> <laughs> yeah. rap chat. So yeah, um, Dublin Old School is in Irish cinemas and it's, now we haven't seen it, so uh, we'll have seen it by the time. But by the time it comes out, but, very but it's getting great reviews, and you know it's it's something. It's a cinematic experience, and it should be seen there. So get yourself into a air conditioned <laughs> cinema for an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. Uh, uh, how everything else in the world of F and I? Yeah, good. Uh, busy with a with a week's workshop with uh, IP, uh, the last of the year, um, which is over over now, today. I'm taking a little s- uh, skip across the river to do this uh, from A4 Sounds. Um, yeah, good. Um, just, uh, yeah, yeah, motoring on. Um, yeah. You can buy a coffee? Yeah, if you'd like to. If you've ever <laughs> wondered what it would be like <laughs> to sit down and have a cup of coffee with Paul Webster, because um, that was your chance. Uh, if you go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI, you can support us. If you like this podcast or what we do or the gibberish, boulder dash that we talk uh, and you'd like to hear us continue to do this and you want to support us, you know, buy us a coffee or five. Yeah. Whatever you can afford. Exactly. Whatever you feel like the show is. Yeah. Or if you want to, you know, if you want to share some of our posts or tell your tell your pals about so us or, good. Yeah. or introduce, you know, uh, the podcast to somebody, we'd really appreciate it. We would really appreciate that. Uh, okay, so we will give you JJ Ruff. We're in the studio here with uh, JJ Ralph. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah. How are you? How are you? Hot. <laughs> yeah. It's sweaty. hot, hot heat, isn't it? Numb mouth, <laughs> numb mouth from the dentist. So my uh, diction may not be as good as, it, well, it's never really any good, but it might be slightly worse today. Well, I, you've I'll give it me, me best go. Yeah, well, your gesticulation is lovely, but it's lost on everybody yeah. listening. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking warm today. Yeah, great yeah. day to be indoors we yet again. Yeah, we keep dragging people in on these hot days to do. Uh, I put a lot of washing out on the line, and it's going to be beautiful when I get home. <laughs> great drying <laughs> weather. Great drying. Too load weather, lads. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely. All the lovely. mammies are fucking out in the gardens, like like praising the Lord all week. It's amazing. It's incredible. Anyway, uh, what's going on? Not a lot. Uh, trying to keep out of the sun as much as possible and protect my bald head, but. <laughs> Uh, not surviving as well as I should be. We're very much looking forward to talking, uh, especially about your whole career, but especially about uh, Dublin Old School. Mm. So we'll maybe get get yeah, there. We'll get so there. we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there, Pop. We'll so get there. Uh, feels kind of like a uh, weird eulogy. My whole career. I've only I'm only a young fella. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your career thus far. Well, there we go. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I might just start with how you first. What was your first kind of forays into film? Into when did film first touch you up? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, by accident, um, <laughs> as it always happens. Uh, I, when I was l- 
leaving secondary school, I kind of had this idea, mostly from my parents, who are both quite artistic. My dad's an artist and my mother's an architect, that I should go and get a real job. So um, I went and studied engineering in Trinity, and I didn't really enjoy it that much. Uh, I enjoyed being in college, but the actual learning aspect of it I didn't really take to. So I did that for two years and kind of stopped and then thought, you know what, I should kind of, I'd always wanted to do something that was slightly more creative and a bit freer because the thought of having a kind of nine to five job didn't really appeal to me. So <coughs> I'd always been very into photography um, throughout secondary school. I'd kind of been lucky the school I went to had a dark room and you're kind of free to go and develop your own stuff and, you know, transition here, you have those blocks of finding yourself. Yeah, I'm going to fuck around for... Pretty much just fuck around and take the piss. Um, <laughs> so I kind of got into the dark room there and learnt a lot um, about that and kind of just really enjoyed taking photos. And as we were, I'd kind of, my dad who's had done a lot of video art, I kind of helped him with that as I was kind of growing older because I kind of understood technology and kind of worked on that. And then I was like, you know what, maybe I'll try film school. So ended up uh, going to Dunleary and because I'd done the two years in Trinity where I'd kind of pricked around and spent a lot of time getting drunk and not going to lectures and had a year out mm -hmm. um, <coughs> I kind of decided when I went back to Dunleary that I would put everything into it and kind of leave leave it all on the pitch so to speak mm -hmm. um, and kind of that was it I kind of got hooked and I kind of I started out in first year editing and kind of I was very lucky at the time. I think it's kind of slightly different now, which is a, I think maybe a slightly negative thing. When we were in first year, we were supposed to, we were encouraged to go out on as many graduate shoots as possible to learn to be kind of assistants, camera assistants. And uh, I went out very early on um, in first year to work as a loader. And just that experience of working in a camera department mm -hmm. and working with kind of, third years and fourth years who were obviously much more Obviously fun. top of their game in third year. like Yeah, well, so I still, <laughs> the weird thing is I still work with some of those people um, today, even now, um, in weird, so like the first guy I ever assisted is a guy called Killian Drury, who's now a gaffer based in London, and I've worked with him a couple of times, and he's still great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just from going and doing that and having that experience, I was like, you know what, camera is great. And that was where it started. Um, and yeah, Dunleary was kind of, was a great place. I left there in 2008, I think, or 2007. I always get that wrong. I think 2007. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just kind of tried to shoot as much stuff ever since, which is how I'm here. Well, listen, that was great. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, got a film skill. <laughs> what was the first where you were, your first project where you were? The DOP say not assisting or um, I uh, I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, God. Uh, oh, was there? We'll, was there we'll change tack a little bit. I mean, when you were a kid, were you were you the kid? Were you like a movie buff or was there? No, not at all. There? No, not really. I I liked movies. I was much more into music. Um, okay. I kind of got into dance music and DJing and kind of I'd played in bands and and stuff like that and I always thought that I'd actually go into music um, like production or kind of sound engineering okay um, I just kind of thought you'd be amazed how many people find their way into filmmaking through music yeah yeah, yeah, yeah loads of people that we've interviewed so far well always <coughs> the always the interesting people that I end up working with it, like film careers have amazing taste in music like really really interesting like different weird shit and rap parties are always good and that's usually because of the crew let's be honest the yes music, but always about the crew um but yeah to go back the first thing that i kind of dp'd properly i guess outside of college i've done obviously you do all your stuff and make all your really terrible mistakes on your college projects which are yeah. embarrassing when you look back on them now but that's what they're there for but they're great because you learn how to make mistakes and it's kind of a funny thing that you People get so serious about their grad films, which is really, really, really great. But the thing to remember is that they're there as a learning process and you're there to learn. So you're allowed to make some mistakes because as soon as you leave, you, you can't afford to make any mistakes yeah. ever, um, which is kind of scary. But the uh, so when I left, I was very lucky. So I ended up 
um, when I was in second year, um, shooting or operating on a music video for one of the third year grad films. Am I a little off? There we go. Um, so with that, um, he's a guy called Lorcan Fox, and I ended up becoming good friends with him and then shooting another music video for him. And through him, met an, a friend of his who had the idea that he wanted to make it. He wasn't, hadn't ever been to any film college, but he wanted to make a film. So that was the first. You want to make a film? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I want to shoot a film. Let's let's talk. So we made we made two features. Um, so one was in between third year and fourth year. Fatal deviation, was it? Close. <laughs> Better than that. Um, and the first one was kind of very much a huge learning curve for everyone. And then the second one was slightly more, well, a lot more professional. It was called Satellites and Meteorites, which was 2007, must have been. Um, so 10, 11 years ago, which was kind of had Amy Huberman in, had Duke called Adam Fergus, um, John Lynn, really good cast. The script was really good. We all learned a hell of a lot making it. And it was great because it was kind of working with all the crew were all my good friends so people that I like my wife focus pulled it which <laughs> she said she'd never work say that again. again really slowly my wife focus pulled it she wasn't my <laughs> wife then if we were just going out <clears throat> so yeah so that was that was probably the first big thing that I did um playing Galway and kind of got distribution and great co- which is confidence great. boost I'd imagine at the time like. uh I thought this was it I was made Hollywood's gonna ring um and it didn't um, <laughs> which was the big still waiting. Is, still waiting yeah um, but I learned a lot and the best thing was and like looking back on it now it's uh, I, it's 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 works as a film but I could have done a lot better now I would shoot it very differently hindsight's um, a fucker it really really is but it was an amazing experience an amazing learning curve and amazing to be able to actually go and do that so I was just yeah was very lucky and then that led to another job which led to another job which led so that's kind of how it all started and happened. So, yeah. You've been working consistently pretty much since? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've never had to get a real job, um, <laughs> which is, because let's face it, this is not a real job. Um, the longest job I've had has been five or six weeks. So Yeah. The traveling circus, and that's great. Pretty much, yeah. Like, you've <coughs> done such a huge variety of stuff. Mm. Like, how do you pick stuff? Or like, do you turn much stuff down, or how do you decide? Uh, no, I kind of say yes to everything, which right. means I'm always working, which okay. is good. Um, I, I kind of, um, yeah, I've been very lucky with a lot of the opportunities that have come to me. And yeah, like when I, when I left Dunleary, so it was obviously 2007, 2008, it wasn't the best of times economically. So, um, everybody had to work and I managed to kind of, I had to do a lot of TV based stuff so kind of factual stuff news stuff a lot of sports stuff lots of everything which was actually really great because I learned a hell of a lot doing all of that and still do some of it today I'm kind of not I'm proud of that fact um I kind of had to do it to pay put you know eat um it's common it's much more common than you might might think uh generally speaking i mean people do a lot of different work like uh, nathan who we had in Mm. recently i mean you know tv film everything yeah Yeah. you know i'm a worker beat that's my job exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and you know it's a camera is a camera and if you can (coughs) even go and do good stuff on your own you know in a weird country where nobody speaks the language while you're kind of under pressure to get something back for RTE then you can do it when you have a crew of a lot of people and yeah. it's it's a really good way like the the thing I always kind of and not this isn't I'm not comparing myself to that but like the historically for kind of British cameramen coming up so like Deacons or people like that mm-hmm. they would have gone and done uh, news documentary stuff so like go to Africa and shoot film for a documentary series or do Today Tonight which was a or is that the thing? You know, an ITV mm, yeah. kind of news program, kind of yeah. like the English primetime. I suppose working uh, in different terrains is uh, very important as well, different climates, different cultures as well, just to know how yeah. to adapt when it comes up for yeah, more artistic stuff as well. It's just, yeah, it's more just been able to kind of, you if you can learn all the skills, you can throw them away and actually think about what you're doing stuff. So, mm. like, there was a good thing. Have you shot in South Africa? Have you been to South Africa, Mike? 
I've never, no, I forgot. Game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you like, yeah, you, if you if you can if you can get good at shooting stuff really quickly, you can, people will want to work with you because you can then focus on why you're, why you're doing, why you're choosing to shoot what you're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in answer to your question, I just kind of say yes to everything and yeah. keep, keep going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is probably not the best thing to do, but. Uh, and uh, like in terms of like, each project you mentioned, Deacons there, like, d- what's your preparation? Like, do you do a lot of research, like looking at other stuff, similar stuff, that kind of thing? It really, really, really depends on the project, but it also depends on the director. Um, so a lot of directors are very visually minded, um, which is great, which is really, really interesting because they kind of push you to see things slightly differently. So, yeah, if if some, I try not to reference other films because I think then you're just... You're just copying other people's right. stuff. There's a good uh, Einstein quote I read this morning, which is like, the true secret of creativity is learning how to hide your sources. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I'd always be much more interested in having a conversation about like photography or painting or, and that, and that sounds really pretentious, but uh, it doesn't, I don't mean it to be like that. It's more, if you can find the right thing that works for the project that you're trying to, the story you're trying to tell, then that's much more interesting because it's very easy to kind of see something and go, I want it to look like that. And then you can just go and copy that and make it look like that. And that's yeah. that's kind of slightly boring and not very interesting. So yeah. like, the, like mm. and you notice in cinematography, it goes through phases where there's very trendy things that are the look of the time. Yeah. Um, so like everyone's shooting with loads of haze at the moment and kind of backlighting stuff. And right. So like then you just shoot it and it looks like everything else. It's much more interesting to shoot something that's very true to the story and kind of, which, you know, it's not always big, shiny cinematography if you're doing stuff that's very true to the subject, but it's kind of more interesting. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes that it's better if, you know, if people leave a film and go, that film really affected me and don't go, it looked amazing. Yeah. They go, the film really affected me because it's not overtaking what you're trying yeah. to... And you can you can do both, but, you know... Style over substance. Yeah. Um, I just want to... I'm going to jump a little bit ahead. Yeah. About, uh, Hit me. Yeah. Now? <laughs> go for it. Uh, just to ask about... Just about the palette of, for example, um, Dublin Old School. Yeah. Like, for me, Dublin is in terms of a lot of kind of n- night cinematography because I'd imagine there's quite a few night scenes in that movie. There's, yeah. Um, like would those kind of yellows from the street lamps and stuff be a huge part of that yellows and blues of you know that that particularly because the street lamps in this country are all yellow we're v- as yeah. opposed to white light in other cities yeah yeah, yeah we're and very LA is completely different as well so. yeah we're very we've got lovely sodium street lights um, and that kind of yeah also because of a funny one because of this exterior street stuff because the the budget of it is not it's not huge mm-hmm. you know there's a small budget Irish film that we tried to make as big and grand as possible but like so the night exterior stuff we just used available light um, because we had to move very quickly and if you have two people walking down the street you can't light all of you know yeah. St. William Street yeah. without a lot of money so you go with what's there and you kind of use that Pop and that's the redheads <laughs> the <laughs> tiny redheads yeah that's not going to do it that's <laughs> not going to cut it anymore Um but yeah, that was something that like we, you know, when we kind of, u- and like working with Dave, we've we'd done, Old School is kind of like the culmination of all the work that we've done together. So for people who don't know, you've you've worked with yeah. Dave so, on. So I've, so it's a funny, like I've known Dave, Dave Tynan, Dave Tynan yeah, um, <laughs> who I've known for a very, very long time, um, about 30 years odd. Really? Yeah, so like, <laughs> wow. we are, uh, he was the year behind me in Dunleary, um, but then aside from that, I'd kn- we'd known each other as kids because our my mum and his dad went to college together, so we'd known each other through then, but then hadn't seen each other for years, and then kind of reconnected just about near the end of college, um, because, you know, okay, you're the year, you're the year ahead of people. Now. Yeah, um, <laughs> so the first kind of thing we'd done together... We have a similar thing. We hate each other. Yeah, <laughs> you all sorted now. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, yeah. yeah we play touchcock and stuff. I mean, I mean well, baseball. And you're, <laughs> you're all good. Um, yes, yeah, so like the first thing we did together um, from when he moved back from from London was a film called Just Saying, um, which we kind of made for 
no money. Um, night shoot. Night shoot. Two nights. Um, and it was just Emma Kerman, who's who co-wrote with Dave Dublin School and is the lead actor on it. Um, and it's Emma kind of walking around saying this amazing poem that, that Dave had written, um, talking about kind of people's decision-making process about leaving Ireland or not leaving. Um, and it kind of, it struck a chord, I think, with a lot of people and became quite a... Yeah, hugely affecting at the time and yeah. massive, massive numbers online. Really hit the zeitgeist at the time. Yeah, it yeah. did. Um, and that wasn't, like, it wasn't... It wasn't a was conscious thing, let's make a viral video. No, you know, uh, the conscious thing was, let's go and make an interesting piece of work. Um, and let's go and, like, what can we use to do it? Let's mm. go, let's go do it. Um, what a calling card as well, it was really, really... Yeah, it was, fantastic. yeah, it got a lot of people asking me to go and shoot night films in Dublin. Yeah, I, I might take the dog for a walk. Can you film that as a walk around? <laughs> yeah, it's people, you, you kind of, you want to be careful not to become a one-trick pony. But yeah, so uh, so that was the first thing we did, we made together with Dave directing and me shooting. Um, and since then, we made Rock Mount, which was a Irish film board funded signatures, which is about uh, a young Roy Keane. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which uh, which one on IFTA, which was what's great. That, there's a great line I remember from that. Um, what's the, what does he When's say? When's the Do tackle coming? When's the tackle coming, Roy? You need to work on your cork. But so, yeah. sorry, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm an awful, <laughs> I'm an, I'm an awful actor. Um, nah, you're good. You're good. Um, uh, so that, and then we made um, we faced this land, which was a film for the Repeal Project, the kind of first film they made. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the one on the beach. Yeah, on the beach. Which was great. We made a film called The Cherishing, which I think we're both very proud of, which was another film board funded um, 1916 film, one of the After 16s, um, which was great fun because it's all black and white. And, and that was uh, about the kids? About the kids, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, 1916, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Tenement Kids, wasn't it? Uh, Tenement Kids, yeah. yeah. And then we made Heartbreak, which was kind of, yeah. Emmett, uh, Emmett's piece from Riot, um, him performing it, and Jordan Jones kind of playing the part of the young one. Mm -hmm. um, so those kind of all that work that me and Dave had done together kind of informed what old school would be, while still kind of keeping it true to what the, the subject was. So yeah, in answer to your question in a very long <laughs> rounded way, yes, you kind <laughs> of want to be. Uh, it's the environment that makes what like that film is old school is hopefully everyone can go and see it because it's in the cinemas and it's well worth seeing in the cinema because it's loud and big and and it's an, an hour and a half out of the heat for <sighs> God's sake big time which is absolutely and they've yeah, air conditioning they've air conditioning in most cinemas um, yeah but it's 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 a good cinema film like you um, I in really really enjoy going to cinema I don't get to go enough and this is one that I'd actually say yeah you should see it in the cinema because it's loud and seeing it with other people is the other thing it's a real communal film mm -hmm. um, so yeah, in terms of the look of it yeah it's informed by the real world it's not hyper stylized it's not it's very true to that and like Dublin's a beautiful city and we tried to photograph it in a way that was different so it's not it's not the Haveny Bridge it's not O'Connell Street it's the little side bit off mm -hmm. that so that kind of yeah, trying to stay true to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, and, like, you had a lot of crowd scenes and that kind of thing. How did you approach that? A lot of crowd scenes. Uh, like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, shoot loads of stuff and right. hope John O'Connor can cut it together really well. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, but no. Uh, yeah, like, the, the main... I was really nervous about... Nervous in the right word, but aware hyper aware of the fact that you lots of people make club films mm. that look shit yeah lots they of don't look like lots of oh, just like yeah fucking or like people just talking like this at this level yeah, you know fucking. you have to be roaring and like that thing in friends sure looks stupid now there's no music playing and yeah like the fake and it's just like oh yeah the, 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 when they take away the laughter track yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but like they nightclubs don't look like they look in films so it was really important because i spent a lot of my youth in those places uh, sweat boxes yeah but like it's like today much like today yeah <laughs> but the the film should then feel like that <coughs> it should look and feel like that because otherwise you're you know what's the you know you're making something that's not a real thing mm -hmm. i'm gonna try and get people into this world make it 
look like that. So I was more worried, less worried about the crowd scenes because I've done kind of big crowd stuff before and that's completely, organising crowd is completely like if you have a really, really good AD, which we did, um, then they, that's a dream because yeah. if you're like, I can't, you know, if you get, they can make 50 people look like 5,000 and you're like, fucking hell, yeah. wow, Jesus, okay, great. Yeah. And that's a dream. Yeah, yeah. But like in terms of like visually representing what nightclubs and a rave looks like, that was the the slight worry of, but I think we got, we got So there. you went the kind of the opposite route and made it more kind of, again, kind of grimy and, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, more claustrophobic almost? It's slightly more claustrophobic. Like there's, there's a big scale in a lot of the stuff. So like we shot in District 8 while there was a live night on, which okay. was... So it was a nightclub, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we Would you do that again? Did you get the... Did you did you get the shift? Uh, no, well, I'll tell you after. <laughs> uh, no, would I do that again? Yeah, all, yeah. all day long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, if you want Yeah, well, like, if you want to shoot a nightclub, go to a fucking nightclub. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? it's there. Yeah, uh, where are your going out clothes and meet me down in, yeah. in you know, pegs. Um, but yeah, like I've thankfully had experience of kind of shooting in places where you're fucking crammed in and been able to like, and uh, I'm not worried someone's going to throw a pint over me. Be, you know, I look pretty mean sometimes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, people generally don't, you know, start on the bald dude with the beard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it, it adds such a huge production value when you're actually in that space, in the real space. You know, it's kind of, the Simpsons thing what do you do if you want to get a cow or we tape a load of cats together yeah, it's yeah. like don't do that just yeah. get a fucking cow yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I'm, that's one part of the film that I'm kind of very proud of is actually representing club culture properly yeah. um, as opposed to it being like a lot of high key lit fucking yeah. shite that you see everywhere else yeah yeah which is really annoying. So uh, it's, yeah. it's it's getting some great reviews. I'm hearing and Prince Park. Yeah, can't and wait to see Comparisons to Train Spotting and all sorts of lovely stuff. Yeah, literally yeah. <coughs> out last night since we recorded it. So unfortunately, we didn't get a chance. To That's see all it, right, sorry, but we will. Go and we will. It's cool. Yeah, well, we're old school. We go to the cinema. So yeah. yeah, we will. We will. Go and check it out. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's I'm it's something that I'm very proud of being involved in, and like kind of the nice the nicest part about it is that I'm obviously very close to. Dave Tynan, who directed it, um, and then Mike and Dave Lee are the two producers, are two of my closest friends. So like, it's a real family type of thing. Rua, who was a focus puller I've known for like twenty years as well. Addo, who was the gaffer I've known for, who's like my first choice always, and like everyone that was working on it was like a big family. So that's another reason why, you know, I'm extra proud of it because it's not it never going in to shoot never felt like going into work it felt like you were going into hang around with your mates and get a film at the end of it and then also capturing something really special like this yeah, bit a rising tide rises all boats or raises all boats kind of thing so you're happy that it's a great piece of work and all your mates are all there to yeah that yeah that but also like i think it captures something really special um like the there's one scene in it which is, has emma and ian um and when you see it, you'll know the scene. It's it's the laneway scene, and it's been talked about a good bit. Um, but it's like literally one of the most powerful things I've ever shot. It's like uh, how we we did it was just the two guys were acting out the scene, doing their doing their work, and it was kind of me, and then focus puller down the road, and nobody else to keep eye lines clear. Right. And just that was absolutely chilling. And you know, like when you shoot something like that. That you're like, fuck. That's, uh, that's what it's that's all about. Th yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what you're there for. Your job is to kind of get what the actors do, and when they do it, and they do it so fucking well, you're like, well, right, okay, good day at the office. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Dying to see. I wanted to die and see it anyway. But Let's go now. Really yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, uh, <laughs> um, maybe just yeah, coming back to some of your other work. Um, yeah. Uh, you obviously kind of flip between documentary and film like say when you're on when you're doing a drama you sometimes point for oh I can't wait to like the next thing <laughs> I want to do is no I'm different uh, it's kind of uh, most of especially it's kind of weird you go through phases of doing similar things and then but you're always some in the middle of doing a 
couple of different commercials. Okay. Um, so did one the week before last, did one this week just gone, we had to do a four day one on yeah. Monday. Yeah. Um, which is great because you're just doing something purely visual and kind of yeah. having fun and great. Do you have more room to maneuver on commercials? Um, yes and no. They're, yeah, they're, commercials are a funny thing because you're, you're doing, I really, really, I enjoy them. Um, but you're doing something that is like the, you're a slave in the right word, but you're making something for the product. So that's the thing that dictates everything. Mm. So that's the, that's the number one thing. So it's not performance or it's not anything. I was just curious to ask from a, you know, from a a camera perspective, because Mm. (coughs) we had somebody on recently and they were talking about the dichotomy of commercial work and film work. Yeah. And they have, you know, they're very much stuck in terms of the brief and the client and, you know, you're well, like you're you're making something, but, but the, you know, every t- any time somebody's paying for something, that's when you're, you, that's what you're working to, right? And that counts across everything, mm. which is, you know, that's the, so yeah, you're with commercials, it's just a bit more obvious, but yeah, you get a, there is a, you you do cool shit, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. You get to play with toys, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. you know, it's weird that. You know, I could shoot a commercial that will have a budget far exceeding, you know, for a 30-second thing, for a far exceeding short mm. that's, like, 10 minutes long. Mm, you yeah. know? And when you think about it like that, you're like, right? Shit. <laughs> like, the four-day thing I'm doing next week will be three 30-second commercials. That's four days. Right. So, like, you know, when you're leaving and you got to make sure you got a good 10 seconds that day, right. you're like, and you have a really solid crew and... yeah. You know, uh, and it's which is great, which is wonderful. But yeah, of course, it's it's not as it's not as free when you're trying to you know because when you're making a drama, you're trying to capture something really emotive and something really pure isn't the right word, but something that you can't Light, put your finger lightning on. Lightning and lightning and yeah, you're trying to catch wind. You're trying to mm. you're trying to capture that little bit of magic, yeah. which is trying to you know affect a change in the in the viewer. Whereas with a commercial, you're trying to make something that effectively kind of sells something so they're very very different things but they're both really they're all really enjoyable but yeah you know like it's never a case that i'm always happy just to be out shooting no matter what it is so like it's not a case that i'm doing a drama at the moment i wish i was doing a documentary it's like oh well i'm gonna be doing that next week and that'll be cool it's like it's always different every every single every day is school day huh? every hour is different every which is Great, and you got to be able to kind of keep up with that and go, right, well, fuck, what am I doing now? Can I ask you something, just in terms of young DLPs? Yes. Uh, coming out of film school, or just someone who's... Well, I'm, I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know what I mean. Um, yes. Uh, have you any kind of tips, or just kind of stuff that you wish someone kind of grabbed you in a headlock and said, and shouted in your ear um, when you got out of film school, you know? Because I know a lot of kind of young DLPs, yeah. they're great lads, but... There's a lot of uh, mixed personalities, and 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 they're often their worst enemy. So, what would you kind of say to people like that? Yeah, on a checklist. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Um, that's f- it's don't f- be a prick. Well, uh, <laughs> that's my motto in life: is just don't be a dick. You got to be nice. Like life's too short to be a dick. Why would you? Um, but so, like in terms of professionally speaking, like the 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 it's a funny one because my view and the thing that I kind of hold most there is that my job is not the most important job. My, the most important job is the actors. Mm. And that's what you're, you're there as a service to the script. You're there as a service to those actors making that. So I would f- find, and this is a kind of sweeping generalization and it's not true of everyone, but younger people starting out it's now very accessible to become uh, to be a dp you just need a dslr and you can say i shoot stuff and this is what i do but that's not like for me the the shooting of something is not the difficult bit that's really easy the thinking about it and thinking about why you're doing it is the difficult bit Mm. like the thought that goes into something uh, far outweighs the actual standing there with the camera 
Um, and I think if you like to have the attitude that your job is the most important job is going to make, you're not going to make, you make really nice pictures and you can make good shit, but like it's not, you're not making really great work. Mm. You know what I mean? You got to kind of put a bit of time and effort into actually. It's not a magic wand. It's not a magic wand and it's not a, it's not, it shouldn't, it, like there's a craft that you learn like this is a it's a it's cinematography is a craft really it's a and it's an ability to kind of tell stories through pictures but if you're just making those really pretty pictures you're not really telling a story other than look how great i am with this and like i like i don't really hashtag set life yeah but like uh, who am i to kind of have a go at people for no like no, you know I'm that's i'm you know i just this is what i how i feel about things and yeah i'm just you know trying to i suppose give a benefit the benefit of kind of your experience yeah in that regard in that uh, arena yeah but like in saying that you i think you can go quite far on that being flashy yeah of course you can (laughs) yeah yeah you can because that's you know people like like shiny things and that's the you know, and I, I always try and it's not that I'm allergic to doing very shiny things. I just end up doing things that are where the cinematography isn't always the most important thing because I think that the story and the script is number one because I think if you can, you know, for me, like the most important pieces of work that I've I've done or one of them would be like Heartbreak mm-hmm. because I think that is a, it's a really poignant piece of work. And I think if you were to go... You know, we could have shot that anamorphic and had loads of flair in it. But I think that would have distracted you. Mm. I think it should have been raw and rough and, like, bits of it are out of focus. I don't really care. <laughs> I think yeah. it all works as, you know, you know, some of it is, like, we lit Emmett in the... Uh, we lit Emmett in the pool hall scene with, like, a fucking 100 quid LED panel that I got on Amazon. You know, yeah. it's like it doesn't. It's not a huge setup. It's real simple. It's quick and nasty, but it's that's what the whole thing is. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's we we lit a bit of the house, but fucking like with nothing, with like a hundred quid. You know, like we got a a one point two coming in a window and nothing else. Right. You know, so like it's not like that. I think that film would have been affected by over polishing it, and I think that you know it's a lot. In a way, it should be as raw as the subject matter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, we shot that with two lenses. So, like, all of Emmett's stuff is a 50. All of Jordan's stuff is a 25. And that's everything. So, like, and that was the kind of... So it's, it's like... What I always try and do is try and set up a kind of set of... Kind of like a playbook, like a rule book. Mm-hmm. So it's like... If that's a really easy example, it's like... So, like, we're just going to use those two lenses... And part of it is necessity because it's like we don't have any time and we have, it was just me and Keith. Yeah. And JJ Sullivan was out. Um, so it was like the three of us lobbing a red around and that's, and you have to go really fast. We shot it in three days, right. two and a half days. Yeah. And it's like a seven and a half minute long film. Um, and you got to be quick because Emma can only do that well you could do it all day long but the raw real great performances aren't going to last forever and you know that so you got to be fucking quick on your feet so we had like a day and a half with Jordan doing all the rest of that stuff and we had a day doing Emmett's performance stuff so like you know you got to be fucking so like Mm -hmm. yeah and then like just just saying like people always ask me about gear and equipment and kind of freak out about getting the best and getting the new stuff and getting this and like i'm on a shoot on this and it's like yeah well just saying we shot on a canon c300 with a 35 mil nikon lens which was like 190 quid lens and a 20 quid led panel just kind of hand held over the top uh bershey came out and did a glide cam and yeah, like really fucking simple. Yeah. And like it's a, a again another thing that I'm really really proud of. Yeah. Um because you can you know it's strong and you know it's it's fucking in your face and does exactly what it says. So yeah, uh, advice gone completely <laughs> off topic there. I think you gave a lot there. No, there's lots there, yeah. No, but it's uh, the other the other piece of advice is that if you want to shoot stuff, go shoot stuff and keep doing it until you know if you if you do it enough you know 
it's um i kind of when i when i left college um i could have gone into or should have maybe gone into assisting and kind of working up the ranks and i kind of made a decision you know a friend of mine arthur who was two years ahead of me in college who lives and works over in london now he did the nfts course over there and he's great really good dp um we had this kind of chat and it's like you know if you want to be if you want to be the edge you don't want to be the guy that tunes the guitar you don't want to be the guitar tech you want to go and play guitar mm. so it's like if you want to go and shoot stuff <coughs> let's go shoot stuff right so that like that's the main piece of advice is you learn a hell of a lot more by shooting things and be interested in the world because that will inform what you're doing much yeah. much more like i like i really gotten to a point now where i <coughs> no pardon me uh i really don't care about like cameras or lenses or technology it's about like fucking moving forward with the discussion of what you're making so as opposed to getting bogged down and fucking i need this or i need that or you know, it's like what if we don't have this Just yeah i think yeah. it's the mark of any great dop that i've ever come across you know it's not it, it sometimes it can be people are kind of hiding that you know by talking about gear all the time and that it's kind of a, yeah, it's a cover yeah hiding behind their war medals kind of thing. Mm. yeah like I, I, I when i again really really lucky to have kind of had this experience when when i was in college we did i think we we're in fourth year and uh when i when i was in second year robbie ryan came in and gave a talk to like the third years and fourth years and Anne was like you should go and sit and into that He's fucking great. And I was like, go right. there and sit in his lap. Go on. So I went in and fucking, <laughs> a couple of us went in and I was like, holy shit, he is fucking great. And that was the point where I was like, right, I want to do what you do. And then when we were in fourth year, Robbie came in and we did, we actually shot a kind of a, a live concert for Keela in Vicker Street that Robbie DP'd and we all operated on. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm working with your man, having fucking lunch with Robbie Ryan. And I was like, holy shit you're awesome yeah. you've shot stuff that i've seen that's <laughs> outstanding <laughs> and i was uh, but like chatting to him and kind of working with him i was like you actually don't give a fuck about what the camera does or this like because we were shooting on like hdv cams and like he was like here turn off my display i just want to see the picture and i was like do you know it's that button there <laughs> and he was like yeah yeah i'm sure i'd love the assistance to do that for me <laughs> and i was like and that was like right. i was like holy shit you actually you don't need to know any of that and then going out and working on stuff like i i have my own a couple of different cameras and lots of kit and loads of stuff and i know how all of it works but when i go out to shoot something i just kind of park the van and get out and just go here because i don't i don't yeah, yeah it's like it's not the that's not the job so you you need to know it and throw it away <coughs> so you could like you're the golfer who picks up the grass and you know fucks it up in the air and goes okay that one a nine wood yeah that's, but like by working by having really really great assistance like it's it's not a fucking it's it always sounds really disingenuous when people say this but and it's completely truthful by having really great crew that you that you work with you know it's, it's the difference between having crew that work for you or that work with you and i always try and have it so the crew are working with you mm -hmm. because they're the people that fucking really make the film they're like you know without them being there to help you do your what your job is by doing their job really well you're you're fucked mm. so like but i've been able to get to that and throw that away it took me a long time and realizing that was so freeing because it was like right well now i can actually concentrate on fucking where i want him on frame and what that light is going to do and what that means and if i don't get that one of the lads will has my back on that yeah. Kind of yeah yeah and they'll remind you of when you've made a fucking terrible mistake <laughs> and you know like li like because they're like uh, i all the people i work with i like genuinely owe them everything because they've helped massively down to like you know you know you're not rolling oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> that kind of shit yeah. or like can you see there's a light in shot i didn't but thank you. Right. Okay, let's go again. Yeah. We just need to change one thing. You know, the shit like that. It's a great yeah. performance. But, um, uh, and you, you've directed stuff, so like I love Hill Street as a former skater uh, kid. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a that kind of all happened by accident, but it was a really, really great right. experience. Um, 
yeah, Dave Leahy, who who I work with a lot and who kind of has been a huge part of my career over the last couple of years. We, I was working on some stuff with him and he started talking to me about Hill Street and I kind of typed some stuff up and went to a meeting and I was like five minutes late and I walked in and I was like, this is JJ, he's directing the film. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, great. And then, <laughs> really? yeah, four years later we were kind of doing whatever the the uh, red carpet at Diff. Right. Um, nice. And I was like, oh shit, we've made a film. All right, okay. For anyone who cool. hasn't seen Hill Street, maybe just, just give an explanation. Yeah, Hill Street is uh, the history of, in the short version of the what it is, is the history of skateboarding in Ireland, um, kind of coming from its history in Dublin. Um, but it's kind of about youth culture and subcultures and kind of how that operates in kind of a place like Ireland. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's a, I always kind of not forget that we made it, but kind of <laughs> go, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, made a film, right, okay. And would you like to do more, or are you happy? Uh, I'm really, really happy at the moment yeah. shooting stuff, yeah. um, because I think I'm better at it than I am at directing, <laughs> um, it's kind of honest. Yeah. It's also, it's such a huge, uh, I never... I have such a huge respect for directors having gone through that and, right. and doing that. Um, it's kind of changed my thought process on directors massively okay. because they realize that like, it's great for me. Like I can show up a couple of weeks beforehand and have the chats and kind of go, I think it should look like this and that should happen. And then this, whereas I, you know, get all fucking snooty and be like, where's my fucking cherry picker with the, the Jenny needs to park here right. and then shoot it and then leave and be like, see you in a couple of months for the grade. Bye. Right. Uh, when you're directing, you take it all on. It's yeah. all part of your, it's like, it's like having a, it's like having a kid. Yeah. And as soon as you're finished shooting, it's just literally doing the leaving. It's got to go through college and do all the rest of it. It's such a, like, <laughs> it's such a, a huge undertaking, especially something of that length. So yeah, I, yeah, maybe it's something that I'll do again in the future, but it needs to be something that I'm really, really, really into to enable to kind of get, um, to keep, just to kind of to keep hold, that. To hold your yeah, interest. because it's like, I'm I'm amazed anybody directs anything. It's <laughs> seriously hard work. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all worth it though. Yeah, and yeah, like when, yeah, like you get to, you get to make something and that's a really great thing. Not a lot of people get to say that. It's really, really great, yeah. you know. And if it's something that you're happy with, then even better. Mm. <laughs> um, you love what you do. I genuinely, yeah. It's not really work. You're kind of. I get to hang around with a lot of my mates and <laughs> point cameras at things. Yeah, sometimes it's tough and so like like anything. You have you have shit days and you have really good days, but uh, you know it's not it's not a job. It's yeah. a. It's not know, working in super value. Though. But like in an office, or yeah. but like a huge amount of like I've managed to coast through life not you know having the crack. That's great. <laughs> um, you know, as if I have nothing, no problem with anybody else that wants to do anything else with their life. But this is the thing for me, I think, because yeah, it's great. And like I encourage anybody that wants to go and be a DP to go and just grab it. And you gotta keep working on it. And keep I'll just uh, I'm just gonna round off just with one question. <coughs> I can literally sit here all day. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Despite the heat, which says a lot about the chat, <laughs> um, just a quick one. And we throw this at most people. Mm. Um, just think it's important for young people to hear. Um, yeah. How do you deal with rejection? Um, you kind of get used to it, and it's yeah, that's a good question. I need to think on that. <laughs> you can reject the question of <laughs> no, I, if you like. The thing that I always try and remember is that you're in a really privileged position to be able to actually go and, you know, work in the land of make-believe. And sometimes with that, you get, you know, people say no to you. You can throw a script in, it might not get funded. You might go, you might read a script that you really want to shoot and they decide to go with somebody else. You might make something you think it's great and then it goes absolutely nowhere. Or you might shoot a shot and put everything into it and then it not make it into the film and all of those things kind of hurt that little bit of ego that you have inside you but the thing you have to remember is that you know you, you, this is a dream job you know 
and like deal with it. Even the worst is the best. It could be life could be a hell of a lot shitter than having to go and you know point a camera at stuff. You know, it's there's a lot more. You know, in in reality, it's kind of a pointless occupation. What do I? It's a cakewalk, isn't it? The whole thing, not yeah. just for DOPs, but the whole thing. If you're lucky enough to do it or have done anything, yeah, yeah. Paid, I wouldn't say it's a cakewalk, but it's you know. Well, you know what I mean. In in theory, you know, it's not you know, it's not packing shelves. It's not you know carrying water cylinders on your back. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like the well, the camera, I suppose. Is the th- the thing I always kind of think about when um. You know, when it's a really tough day or it's a fucking really long kind of shit day and people are going... Like, a lot of, lot of the time, I kind of try never to get really stressed out when I'm working because I always try and remember the fact that it's it's really not that stressful. Like, you know, shit may be blown up or fucking... Like, things go wrong when you're making films and things go wrong pretty spectacularly when they when shit goes wrong and you just kind of go fucking chill out mate we're not saving lives like we're not doing yeah. something that's essential to humanity here we're yeah, yeah. we're making you know we might do something that might affect a positive change in people's life yeah, yeah. might bring them away from what they're doing we might entertain people yeah you know we might spread some kind of good message but we're not saving lives yeah you know it's there's a it's great comic strip i think it's alan parker and it's like two surgeons and uh Two, like Sur- surgeons. two surgeons like yeah and the brain is has fallen off the operation table and it's on the ground yeah. and one surgeon says to the other it could be worse it could be making a movie <laughs> this is it you know and that's you gotta keep you gotta keep your perspective in all of this like it's all you know it's all make believe and, and magic you know it's like enjoy it yeah don't get stressed by shit yeah you know <laughs> that's magic it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, that's, that's, I think that's a nice place to yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, well, I hope I wasn't too pretentious. Or no, 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 Jesus, no, no, no. Let's get out of this uh, sweat box. So thanks right. so much. And um, yeah, we'll be encouraging people to go to uh, Dublin Old School. Uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers, man. Thanks. <laughs>